Hello and welcome back to the Violinist Podcast. Today I am thrilled to present you the greatest violinist with who I have an honor to play ever in my life. Gil Saha. Hello. Too nice, too kind. Thank you, Max. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yes, and it was really great pleasure to play with you. I, I remind myself all the time that concert. It was such a nice time. I remember we were in Luxembourg yeah. together. And um, what was the program? I played Beethoven Violin Concerto. Yes. But then you did. Do you remember what the rest of the program was? I think there was one Beethoven symphony and something modern also. Yes. Slavicek, 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 yes. something yes. like that. <laughs> but also the sol piano soloist, right, at some point. Yes, it was. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> no. But it was a nice time making music and being together. Yeah, that's true. Could you maybe tell a bit of your story, just very short? My story, um, when I was a kid, I started violin lessons. I was seven years old. Um, so I know you have an, another, you have one brother. Yeah. Um, who's violinist. And I have an older brother who's a pianist and a younger sister who is also a pianist. And uh, so I started um, studying violin and uh, somehow, I guess I, my childhood was in Jerusalem, in Israel. And then uh, we came to the United States, we came to New York, and uh, it was a bit of a language barrier for me, you know. I, I, my way of dealing with that was, uh, I think, you know, looking back, was going into my room and practicing violin. And so that's really when I became more serious about music, and um, I, always, I always loved it. Even as a very small child, I remember, you know, somehow people would always have music for kids. You know, kids were always singing, you know, they're always children's songs. And it was, there was always some sort of music. And, um, and so, yeah, I guess by the time I was finishing high school, I was lucky enough to have a few invitations to play concerts. And I was very lucky that those invitations kept kept going. And uh, here I am, uh, you know, 30 years later, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Just, just feel very, very lucky. Nice. So can we say that your hard work brought you where you are now? Um, look, I think music is hard work, right? It takes a lot of hours. Um, violin. You know, it, it, it is hard work. It's like, I, I imagine it's similar to what sports people, you know, sports people go through, athletes. You know, you can work for 30 years, but you still have to practice the next day. You know, it's not like you can't. So there, there is a lot of hard work. I think I was also very lucky. And uh, yeah, I, I guess when I talk to young people who want to do music, I always think of it, I try to think of it in terms of like, um, just, just the analogy between being a musician and being an actor. You know, there are many similarities. You know, 
there's a very difficult craft that goes behind it. Uh, and also there's something about you go on the stage, you have the ideal that the author gave for you, and then you're supposed to bring it to life. But also in terms of your own life, you know, you need luck. You need to, um, you know, sort of be there and have opportunities and create opportunities for yourself. And, um, and uh, you never know what your future will look like. Right? I think there are many similarities between our lives, you know, and actors' lives. Hmm. So not only practicing, but also you should be very active and enthusiastic about what you are doing, right? But you gotta love what you're doing, you know, I think, uh, and I think with music, most people do, right? I think when, when I see fellow musicians, uh, yeah, we all kind of share this passion. We all, we love this, uh, this art. Hmm. You know what impressed me the most when I read about you, that you have been for 10 years a signed artist for Deutsche Grammophon. But then you left and created your own label in order to achieve your musical freedom. And it so much resonates with my own values because it's something what I'm also trying to do, like recording myself, you know, finding my way. What you can tell about it, what you can advise? Yeah, I mean, this was a long time ago. This was in, I, I don't want to say that, I, it was around 2005, something like that. 2004. And I was, again, I feel like I was very lucky that I was, uh, I was maybe young enough to take on a kind of a risk. It was a bit of a risky thing to do. Uh, but also I was old enough, like I was established enough that there were people out there who maybe knew my name, who, you know, maybe would buy a CD. And so we, we were able to make it work because we you know, we have this model that if we sell enough CDs, we can make another CD, you know? Um, today, I don't even think, yeah, I think we sell some CDs, but I think most of it is not from CDs anymore at all. Um, but I, I think that what's happened is that technology has changed our lives. You know, we are, um, we've been set free by the amazing technologies that are available to us. We can make the highest quality recordings on our phones, you know, or I was gonna say on a laptop, but maybe even on our, on our phones. When I started out, you used to have big uh, refrigerator sized machines, you know, Dolby machines, you know, state of the art. And you would edit um, the magnetic tape, you know, with a razor blade, you know, you would cut and paste and um, yeah. And now you can do really all of that and an extremely high level, very uh, relatively inexpensively compared to, to before. So it really set us free. And uh, the other revolution of course, is that we can reach our audience with the press of a button. So it, it really, is an amazing time to, to be an artist. And, uh, I, I'm very happy that, um, that I did that. And, and I think many, many musicians now do it, many orchestras, maybe um, many individual musicians in the classical world, in the pop world, all, you know, it, it's just um, 
a sign of the times and of the technologies that are available to us. Yes, I agree that it's much easier nowadays, for example, even what I'm doing, I'm just recording myself and just putting through distributor to Spotify and that's all. It's like already there. <laughs> like no, no special work, some picture, audio, and you're done. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And how long have you been doing that? Well, for quite long, but uh, actually I, I was trying first just YouTube and now I'm last year and a half doing Spotify and it's kind of getting some success very, very slowly. But, but you know, the, the most popular recording actually just uh, recorded on the concert on just, you know, this portable recorder. And it's very popular, so people like it. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, you found that spot. You prefer the Spotify to the YouTube. Yes, because uh, well, it's very long story, but uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, because Spotify pays very small amount, but at least they are paying something. And uh, what I found that YouTube does not pay until you have something like thousand followers and hundred thousand uh, views or something like this. So I see, I see. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it keeps changing. The world keeps changing. So I, you know, I, it's hard to stay on top of all. <laughs> yeah. And what, what, what is your advice could be? How, how do you think how like modern violinist can develop himself? You know, I, I don't really know that I have the advice. I think it's just, um, you gotta love what you're doing. And, um, yeah, I've been very lucky in my life that, uh, people have invited me to, to play and, uh, you know, often I think people would, uh, would pay me not to play. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But so far I've been very lucky that people have been um, invited me, hired me to, to play and, uh, and but, yeah. uh, but, but you know, many uh, musicians and I, I myself also, when I was growing up, we like, uh, liking to search for some magic formula, you know, that one, once you endure this good success. <laughs> uh, yeah. There are some funny things, right? Like we, I guess they call it, um, they call it like the star system, right? Like we live in a celebrity world. And so some people, you know, if, if you become famous enough, then, uh, you can, uh, you can do more things than maybe if you're not as famous. Um, and that's, I think that's something everybody has to be comfortable with what they do with what, um, what they're prepared to do, what they want people to think of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a complicated thing. I don't really understand it, but, uh, I feel very, very lucky with my music. Yes. And also what, uh, I found that, for example, I still doing my studies. I, I'm about to complete this year in Sibelius Academy in Helsinki. And I had uh, during all my years of studies, I had really great, amazing teachers. 
but uh, what I found that it's kind of a bit lacking of actually what we should do after studies, like like where to find the job, how to develop yourself. So yes, um, yeah, I would imagine if you were running a school. Yeah, maybe maybe there would be people there who would be able to help help graduates, or you know, there would be some sort of network of um, possibilities. Yeah, there is a time in people's lives when they go and they, you know, really. I I was very lucky when I started out, but I think everybody goes through this after school or maybe at the end of school where they shoot arrows in all directions you know you do auditions and you do some people do competitions and you do you try out and you try to build a you know um network of of um, contacts i guess and um and uh, and you hope something something happens you know and, uh, and and I think it's it can be a very discouraging, yes, anti-musical process, yes. you know. And and when I look at young people, I think it's exactly the wrong thing at the wrong time, you know. Because I think of you know people who just finish uh, school who are ready to go, people who are prepared, who've got all the skills who are in their prime, who are, and then right off the bat, they need to be encouraged. They need to be lifted. They need to be supported. And instead it's sort of like, you know, boom, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I think um, it, it is, it is what it is. And um, you got to stick with it and uh, find your, find your way. But how not to not to get discouraged, not to lose your enthusiasm? Because yes, for example, auditions to orchestra, I did so many of them, and they are so tough, you know. Yeah, I I don't know. I, look, for me, I can tell you, it always hurts, you know, when when something doesn't work or if somebody criticizes or something. Um, but. Um, but I, I guess we want to remain um, somehow more even keeled. We, we can't. I, I, I don't know what 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 would you say? I mean, in, in one way, I think it's good to know that it's coming. You know, you can't expect, you know, it's just not going to be all uh, a bed of roses, right? Um, it, it's just going to be. Um, and I, I like something that that uh, Yasha Heifetz once said. You know, they asked him about critiques and criticism, and uh, he says, "I don't pay any attention to that because I am my own worst critic." And I think there is something very compelling about that philosophy. You know, if you know. If you know that you are your own worst critic, if you as an artist 
take yourself out of your art and look at it as objectively as you can and criticize it as harshly as you can, you know, then I think that gives you a strength that gives you a very good foundation to, um, you know, to face whatever is out there for you and for your art. Yes, that's true. Because also I, I after uh, many auditions, I found it's sometimes even confusing because so many different uh, people and so many different opinions. One says it's too romantic and other says it's too, I don't know, too much vibrato and so on, you know. Yes, yes. Look, I do think you can learn from anybody and from everybody, you know, so you try to do that. But, um, but ultimately, yeah, I, I do like that. I think you have to be your own worst critic and, and, and I think you, from, from the people that I've met, people have good instincts. You can trust yourself, you know, if you record yourself and listen to it later, sometimes you hear it differently. If you listen to it six months later, you know, you have a different perspective. But um, but I think you can usually trust yourself, you know, and that's a good grounding, a good foundation. Yeah, it's a very good advice to record yourself and trust yourself too. Uh, I think, I think. And I, the, never record, I never used to record myself. Really? My teacher always said, even in my day, we had little uh, cassette record like uh, Sony Pro Walkman or, or I forgot what it was, but I, I never recorded myself and uh, I didn't like it. You know, I, I had a block, you know, I didn't <laughs> want to hear myself. Um, but over the last maybe 15 years, since the phones have this app, you know, I just turn on like voice memo app and I record. And the truth is that um, it's very efficient, very, very helpful. I can hear something in a recording straight away and fix it the next time, you know, that I could have practiced for, you know, a hundred hours and never heard, you know, so that I do think it's very, very helpful. Okay. And, uh, you're playing Stradivari, is it right? I'm, I'm very lucky these days. Um, there's a very beautiful violin, uh, I guess they call it the Haupt Stradivarius okay. from 1719. Uh -huh. That uh, I'm able to play through a foundation here in New York called In Consortium in New York. It's very, very beautiful violin. Nice. But you also, am I correct that the last time when we played, you played some different violin? Yeah, sometimes I play also, um, on a, so sometimes I play on a modern violin by Andranik Gabarian, uh -huh. which I enjoy very much to play. And, and I also have um, another violin, uh, another Strat that I, that I play sometimes. Oh, very nice. But what, what do you think in general, like, because not many people can afford a great violin, how important the instrument is? Um, so interesting. I, you know, I'm just now learning a little bit about instruments and they really do change, right? Don't you, do you find that 
different instruments. I find myself using different bowings, using yeah. different violins, different fingerings, of course. different phrasings. You, it, it really is. Um, it's hard. It's very hard to to know what's you and what's the violin. You know. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I um, yeah, I, I don't really know. I, th there are some very brilliant makers around today who are making beautiful violins. And there are lots of treasures in many different price ranges out there for violins. So I, I, I guess you want to be with a violin that makes you happy. You know, you want to be with some instrument that you're happy to take out of the case and, uh, and play. Yeah, that, that it's kind of gives you, gives the sound what you expect, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. There, there, there's so much gradation in violin. There's so many colors. There's so many timbres. Um, so you yeah. said you should uh, find just that one which you feel that resonates with you let's say yeah i think i think look there there are so many variables you want the action to be comfortable so that you play in tune right you want you want things to fall in place properly you know you want um you want the strings to speak at a certain speed or a certain way for, for your bow. And then you can look at even more, right? You, you, then, then you can look at the different colors and the different textures. And I, just now when you said that, I was remembering something I heard Pinky Zuckerman said. He said, in his opinion, you can take a dark sounding violin and make it sound brighter. But it's, he said it's all much harder or impossible, I think he said, to take a bright sounding violin and make it sound darker. And, uh, and I think that maybe that's true. I think that's, I think there's a lot of truth to that. It's very interesting. Not that I would, not that I would know. I don't know so many violins, but, um, but I do remember him saying that and rings true. And, uh, as we talked talk already, that there are so much opinions. What do you think, like, for example, if you want to get a job, should you try to change your plane in order to kind of, I don't know how to say, to feed that orchestra, for example, or you should keep your own plane? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I think if you play with conviction, either way, it's better than being torn, you know? If you have a passage that you're going to play for, for a listener in an audition or in a concert or anywhere, and you're not sure how to play it, and you end up playing it one way or the other, um, that's much 
less interesting, I think, for the listener than if you're sure that you're going to play it this way, <laughs> you know, and uh, may maybe the listener prefers, you know, likes a different choice or that. But I think whatever it is with conviction is good. When I hear students play, I often say, look, I don't know the right phrasing, but whatever you choose to do, make sure it's clear and make sure you're convinced. Oh, it's very good advice. Really nice. And you know, I'm personally, and I think many are listeners to actually using nowadays uh, practice material recommended by our previous guest at this podcast. As well, I read some books which they recommended us. Can you tell what is the best practice for you and uh, which books can you recommend to read? Books to read. Um, as far as practicing, I really don't know. I really don't know. I've always been so undisciplined with practicing. I think recording yourself helps. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, I use like a tuning app sometimes these days, mm -hmm. which I think helps, you know, if you can listen to harmonies or drones or, or, uh, figure out where you are for intonation helps. Um, when you asked about books to my mind, that came this, uh, this book, which I often recommend. It's a um, very interesting book about Bach, um, called dance and the music of J.S. Bach and the, and the names of the authors escape me right now. But they, they're two, they're, they're two brilliant professors that, um, I, I, I want to say both women, both Americans, maybe, but a very fascinating book. It's, it's not, not very fast reading, you know, but it, you know, it's about, it's about this thick and, um, it talks about the, the various court dances and, and also how dance just permeates and organizes the music of Bach. And I, I thought that was fascinating. And, uh, maybe, maybe some of your yeah, viewers will enjoy that too. I also, I will read it. It's, it's, it's interesting and the kind of practicing material, you don't have any special. Wow. Um, I don't know. It's always good to practice solo Bach. It's always good to practice Paganini caprices, you know? Um, yeah. Very nice. And what, what be, would be your greatest advice for, for the violinists around the world? Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I'm just so heartened that our art is thriving, you know, it's, it's, there's so many violinists out there who, who love this art and, and who, um, are interested in violin and who are so proficient and, uh, you know, masterful at it. I, I think that's, um, I think that's wonderful and also very precious. It doesn't have to be right. It, it's wonderful to think that, that it is still so interesting for people after so many what, what is it 300 years more if we think of the modern violin you know um 
Yeah, I think it's it's even gaining a bit of popularity nowadays. I think that's true. I do think that's true. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just so full. It's a very fulfilling uh, thing to be to have in your life, and uh, just to enjoy it. You know, no matter what, no matter what circumstances you're in, just enjoy it. Just enjoy. Very good wish <laughs> for for the end of our interview. But I really thank you very much that I know you're very busy with your concerts and of course not much time. So I really appreciate that you gave us these great advices. No, I don't know. I don't know about great advice, but I'm just so happy to be with you and happy to see you. And I hope we see each other in person soon. Yes, me too. And play. <laughs> play and make music. Yes. Yes. That's the best what we can do. <laughs> Oh. So thank you and thank you, thank you our listeners for listening and uh, follow up our channel. I hope to bring some more interesting interview. Goodbye.